Kitty in Daf Tet Vav Amud Bet and Daf Tet Zayin Amud Aleph. Bridging the gap, Tofeach Amenat Lahat Piach. So we're dealing here with a piece of Gemara. We're into the second uh, peric of, of Gitin, which among other things deals with uh, joining together two disconnected halves. So as we know, for example, the Adim have to, the Shliach has to say, this get was written in front of me, it was signed in front of me. What happens if one aide says it was written in front of me and one says it was signed in front of me? Or one Shliach says it was written, one says it was signed. Can you join the two together? And in so doing, the Gemara starts exploring all sorts of interesting halachic examples of where two pieces uh, need to join together. And can they join together or not join together? We've got we've got lots of different, uh, different cases. One of the cases we're looking at is the case of Nitilat Yadayim. So Nitilat Yadayim, you have to wash until your wrist. Until your knuckles, until your wrist. What happens if you wash half of your hand and then you wait and then you wash the other half? Or according to the Me'iri, you wash your one hand and then you wait and then you wash the other hand. Does that join together? Can you join those two, uh, those two cases? Is the case that Ilfa asks in our Gemara at the bottom of Daftes Vovam Bed, by Ilfa Yadayim Torot Lachatzain or in Torot Lachatzain? Can two half hands join together to make a whole? In the, in the dinim of, 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 of Natilas Yadayim, or not. Uh, and in, in understanding this, we've got to deal with an idea called Tofeach al-Menat Lahatpiach, or Tofeach Lahatpiach. We find this in many areas of halacha. We find it in Hilchah Shabbos, we find it in Hilchah Yom, Yom Kippur. It's degrees of wetness. So how wet is wet? For example, laws of Sechita on Shabbat. At what point do you say a cloth is so wet that merely handling it is causing a squeezing? So we say when it's tofeach al-manat lahat piach, which means it's wet enough to wet something else. And we'll see today why we use that particular lashon, why we use that, that phrase, wet enough to wet something else. Uh, we have it in, uh, in the dinim of, uh, of mikvos, we, as, as we're going to see. Uh, many cases, we have it in the halachas of Yom Kippur. If you're handling a, a cloth that is wet, is that washing? You're not allowed to wash on Yom Kippur. So you're handling a, a wet cloth. How wet does it have to be for that to be wash, for it to be called washing? Tofeach al manat lat piach is the measure that's given. So just understand that when we use the word tofeach, we mean, we mean wet. When we say lahat piach, we mean wet enough to cause something else to become wet. Now, I'm not going to read through all the sources, even through the Gemaras, because uh, both in the interest of clarity and the interest of time. Uh, but please do use the, the Makuris. If you're on the, on the podcast, there's a link in the description of the shir. If you're on the Rabbi Lappin app, there's a folder with all the source sheets in them. And on YouTube, we haven't yet uh, added the, the source sheets. Uh, but if, you've, uh, if you're learning the daf, then please learn through the sugya first. And if you're not, then you'll listen to it and, and, and you'll understand it. So, so the Gemara goes into this discussion and... Uh, says, uh, but, we, but we already know, Rabbi Yanai has said that the two halves don't join for Natilat Yadayim. Says the Gemara, but what happens if it's, if it's wet? Says the Gemara, but we've got a case in, in Mikvaot where even wetness doesn't connect two different bodies of water. If, there's, if the one is, is wet and the other is a body of water, it, uh, it, it doesn't connect them. Says the Gemara, but what about if it's if it's very wet? 
then what would be the din? Um, and the Gemara says, well, that we figured out as well, that in laws of, of mikvaot, if it's that wet that it can cause something else to become wet, it is a chibur. It does join. And then the Gemara says, but maybe that's by mikvaot. And the case of mikvaot is an interesting case where a mikvah is exactly 40 sa'ah, the right amount of water, exactly, to the milliliter. One man gets in and gets out, and then another man gets in. So the first man who got out took some water with him. So it's no longer a full mikvah, so the second man is not, is not tahor, it doesn't work. However, says Rabbi Yehuda, if the first man is still standing with his feet in the mikveh, and the second one gets out now, some of the water is still on his upper body, but he's, it's called a chibur. That water that's on his upper body joins together with the mikveh, and it's considered that there is still 40 sa'ah in the mikveh. So you see there, what the Gemara wants to say, that it's, if it's tofelch, if he's sopping wet, uh, then it, it, it joins. And the Gemara says, no, maybe that's, special, that's by mikvaot, but that won't help us banatilet yadayim. So one has to understand in learning the sugya, what's the difference between mikvaot and atilet yadayim? So in mikvaot, we're talking about this wetness bridging a gap in space. The man standing out, some of the water's on him up here and some of the water's in the mikveh down there. Can those two bodies of water join together? We're talking about two bodies that are separated by space. In the case of the Tilet Yadayim, we're talking about two bodies of water. One is the water on the hand, the hand is still wet, and the other is the fresh water coming out of the kli, coming out of the utensil. Uh, can we join the second utensil with the first utensil using the wet hand as the chibur, as the connector? But, but here, here there's a time difference. It's not just a spatial difference. And as, as Rashi says here, very important Rashi, as we will see, on, in Chibur, Dechashiv command the avid bahadi hadadi. It's as if, if the, if the one hand is still very wet, maybe we can consider it as if the two washings, washing number one and washing number two, were done simultaneously. So it's about bridging a time gap. That's very important to understand. That the Havamina, when we're talking about Natilet Yadayim, we're talking about bridging a time barrier, time gap, and in mikvaot we're talking about bridging a space gap, says the Gemara. You can't compare the two. You can't bring a raya from one to the other. As a result of that, the Rosh and the two Paskin, that Natilet Yadayim is different, and although extreme wetness is a chibur, according to Rabbi Yehuda, and that's the halacha in mikvaot, because it can bridge the space, but not, can't bridge the time of Natilat Yadayim. So Natilat Yadayim, even if the one hand is still very wet, you haven't yet washed, washed the first hand, or you've washed half the hand but not the full hand and the half is still very wet, doesn't help you bridge the time and make the two washings like one washing. That's not going to work. And therefore the two and the rosh, the rosh and the two, paskin that you would have to wash again, the washing doesn't help, you would have washed properly. Uh, and, the, and, uh, and the Rambam learns differently. The Rambam says it does work. So that means the Rambam understands the sugya differently. How does the Rambam understand the sugya? So he explains the Kesef Mishnah on the Rambam. The Kesef Mishnah is the Mechaber of the Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Cairo. And he writes not only on the Tur, he not only writes the Beis Yosef on the Tur before he writes his major work, the Shulchan Aruch, he also writes the Kesef Mishnah on all of the Rambam before he writes the Shulchan Aruch. And the Kesef Mishnah says, because the Rambam learns the sugya 
as a Dechiyah Ba'ama. That means, what did we say? Can these two halves join together when you're washing in one hand and then you wash the other hand? Can they join together? You wash half the hand, you wash the other half a hand. Can they join together? The Gemara goes through the reasoning and says, but we see in Mikvaot that it does join together, so that's good. Says the Gemara, but maybe Mikvaot is different. Explains the, the case of Misha, what the, what the Gemara is saying is, maybe it's different. But the Gemara doesn't conclude that it's different. So we're still left with some level of doubt and, and, and a sophic in Atilas Yadayim is Lekula. When there's a doubt about Atilas Yadayim, we go Lekula. We take the, we take the lighter view, as the Shukhanor of Paskins in, um, as the Shukhanor of Paskins himself in, in Halacha, in Simen Kuf Samach, um, in Kuf Samach. So the Rambam learns how we left. We left that it does work by Natilat Yadayim as well. Not only by Mikvaot where you're trying to bridge a gap in space. Does the extreme wetness bridge the gap? But even in Natilat Yadayim where you're trying to make the two Natilot like one Natila, the, the extreme wetness will also bridge the gap. And we'll say, yes, that you poured water on the one hand. This one hand is still very wet. Now you pour it on the second hand. It's as if it's all one continuous pouring, is the way the, the Rambam will learn. And that's how the Rambam paskins, that if you do do the one, and then there's a break, and then you do the other, but the one hand is still very wet, it's a good washing. You don't have to wash again. That's how the Rambam paskins lalach. And so does the Shulchan Aruch. Interestingly, the Shulchan Aruch does not paskin like the Tur or the Rosh. The Shulchan Aruch paskins like the Rambam. And on the second page of the source sheet, you've got the Shulchan Aruch at the, at the top. Um, the, the, you've got to wash the whole hand. And then he goes on and says, uh, You wash part of your hand and then you wash the second part. That's Rabbi Yana's law. You can't have half, half washing. But if you've got enough water on the first half that it can make something else wet, then... It, then it works. Then we've got a, a good Natila, Rezu Torah, that, 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 that re then works. Namogan Avram brings that uh, at the end of the day, the Tur and the Rosh hold Lechumra, and therefore the Bach and the Morgan Avram paskin that the Shukhanoruch intends us as a Lechatchil, as a, as a Bedieved, not a Lechatchil. If you wash that way, you don't have to wash again. But that's not the right way to wash. The right way to wash is to put enough water at once. And that's why you'll see people being very mackly to, to do it quickly, to make sure that all the water is at once, covers the whole hand. And the Morgan um, Avram says also, be careful not to use a clee that has a very small spout. So it takes a long time for the water to actually come over the hand and there can be a, a gap between the, the, the washing of the hands. Be very careful with that. Um, so lechatchile, you have to do it in the full way, not in the, not in the shorter way. So that's the sugya. So we have a machloikes, Roshan and Tur on the one hand, Rambam on the other hand. We have the Shulchan Aruch paskening like the Rambam, the Morgan Avrom telling us that's lechatchil, bedieved, but lechatchil, one should do it like the Rosh says, that you should wash both hands, the whole hand, up to the wrist, in one go, quickly, without there being a hefsek in between. That's the right way to do it. But the, this idea so, so firstly, what's interesting is how advanced and modern the, the view of the Rambam is with respect to space and time. The Tur and the Beis Yosef are obvious when you learn the sugya. That's the problem with the sugya. How can you even compare the Tilat Yadayim where you're trying to bridge a gap in time 
with mikvaot where you're bridging a gap in space. How do you do that? Says the Rambam, time and space are the same kind of thing. Do you not know anything about Einstein? Um, the time and space are treated the same way. It doesn't matter if you're bridging a gap in space or you're bridging a gap in time. And you see that often in the Rambam, that the Rambam understands the, the relationship between time and space. He sees time just as another spatial dimension. There are not three dimensions according to the Rambam. There are four dimensions. And the fourth dimension is time. Whereas according to the Tur and the Rosh, they learn more conventionally, the space-time is a different thing. And you can't bring a raya from Mikvot, which is talking about space, to Natilet Yadayim, which is talking about time. But according to the Rambam, you can. This idea of Tofeach al-Manat Latpiach, and why this particular phrase is used, is because we're looking not at how wet it is, but its capacity to wet something else. Where else have we got such an idea? Simon, can you think of another case? We've got a similar concept where you're not looking at how much it has, but how its capacity to affect something else. Are you learning to No, Hilchas Shabbos, where? Bishul. Bishul, yeah. What is, where with Bishul? No, no. What is a Kli Rishon? You could have a Kli Shani that is, that, that is 90 degrees, and a Kli Rishon that is 80 degrees, and the Kli Rishon is Mevashil, and the Kli Shani is not. The Kli Rishon is, is also to pour on something, and the, and the Kli Shani you can. It's not about the temperature. It's about its capacity to cook something else. And a Kli Rishon can still cook something else. A Kli Shani has lost its capacity to cook something else. It's the Koach HaMevashil. It's not the Chom. It's not the temperature. It's the Koach HaMevashil. And here too, so it's the ability to impact the other. It's not just how much the one thing has got. And let's progress that to people. It's not about how much Torah you've got. It's about how much Torah can you transmit. It's not about how much chesed you've got. It's about how much chesed you can transmit. On Tuesday's Levaya with, uh, of Reb Gersh and Edelstein, all the people talked about the, what he transmitted when you spoke to him. Even uh, Netanyahu, there were some secular people who said being with him, you felt from his eyes the transmission of love and kindness and Torah and Kedusha. And that's how it is with the Gedola Hador. It's what they transmit. It's not what they've got inside them. It's what they transmit to the world around them. It's the Koach HaMevashel. Can you inspire other people? Do you inspire other people? It's not just about what, what you've got. And inspiration can bridge physical gaps. You can be sitting there, I'm sitting here, or you can have somebody who's listening on, on YouTube who's sitting in the United States, we're sitting here, and he can be inspired by these words of Torah. One can bridge gaps with a Tofel HaMenat Piach. If you're projecting it, you can bridge the gaps. Can you bridge a time gap? Can you bridge a gap to your grandchildren? Can you bridge a gap to your great-grandchildren? Can the Rambam bridge the gap to us? Can he be matpiach to us? Says the Rambam, yes. Time and space is the same. If you've got the capacity to transmit, you can transmit across time just as you can transmit across space. And I came across a very beautiful letter of the, of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. The Lubavitcher Hasidim call him the Rebbe. And that's right, if you're a Lubavitcher Hasid, you've got to call him the Rebbe. But if you're not a Lubavitcher Hasid, it's disrespectful to the other Rabbeim to call the Lubavitcher Rebbe the Rebbe. 
There's a Geir Rebbe, there's a Belzer Rebbe, there's a Klausenberger Rebbe, there's a Vishnitzer Rebbe, there's a, a Sochachov Rebbe, all these other Rebbeim, it's not the Rebbe. If you're a Geir Chosid, you talk about the Rebbe, it's the Geir Rebbe. If you're a Lubavitcher Chosid, you talk about the Rebbe, it's the Lubavitcher Rebbe. But if you're not a Lubavitcher Chosid, you talk about the Lubavitcher Rebbe. So that was very close to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, I referred to him as the Lubavitcher Rebbe, not out of disrespect to him, but out of respect to the other Rebbeim. And he wrote a letter in 1957 to a mechanech, to an educator who was losing heart because the educator found that the people, that the children he was teaching when they left yeshiva and went out into the world, he saw no remnant of what he'd taught them in school. And he had lost heart. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe writes to him too beautifully and, and says, there's nothing, nothing that you invest in a child is lost. It's all there and you don't know how they behave at home. And you don't know how they, how they would have behaved if they didn't have the Torah from you. It's never wasted. What you've got, what you put into a child is never wasted. And there's a famous phrase that, they, that the Lubavitcher Abeim use a lot. Effort doesn't come empty-handed. If you put in effort, there are always results. You don't always see the results. You don't always see the results immediately. There's always results, and he encourages them. But then he adds a bit of Musa as well. And he says to this person, it's also very clear. So here you've got this idea that I'm talking about that we can use this halachic concept of topeach lahatpiach for human beings as well. To be an educator who can be a topeach lahatpiach, who can not only be wet but can wet others, who can not only be cooked but can cook others. There has to be an enormous amount of Yirat Shemayim because you're projecting energy. This is not just about knowledge. This is not information that you're projecting. This is energy. This is Yirat Shemayim. If you want to instill in, your, in the children, in the students, or in your own children, you want to be tofeach al-menat piach, what you have to be full of, so wet that it can wet others, is Yirat Shemayim. Be aware of the presence of Hashem in everything that you do and in every interaction that you have. That's in your hands. You can do that. Uh, and, he, and then he encourages and talks about it. There's always ways, there's always place for improvement. One can always demonstrate more and more year at Shemayim. But if you want to be in a situation where you're impacting other people, where you're transmitting, not only like the Tur and the Rosh across space, and you're transmitting who you are and what you stand for and your values and your beliefs and your knowledge, you're transmitting to people far away, not only that, but even to people in future generations, even to people who aren't even alive today, to be able to do that, there needs to be a high level of, of Yerat Shemaim. And if there is that high level of Yerat Shemaim, we can inspire people across enormous barriers, cultural barriers, age barriers, spatial barriers, time barriers. Yerat Shemaim is something that other people feel, as, as you would have heard in the Espadium of... Uh, of uh, uh, of a Godel Hador like, like that, Rav Edelstein, you would have heard how touched people were. We had it not long ago with uh, Reb Chaim Kanievsky, how touched people were with his heart, with radiating something. They couldn't always grasp his knowledge, and he wasn't very communicative with his knowledge, except in written form. But they could feel that energy of Yerushalayim, and the same with Reb Gershon Edelstein, that, uh, that, that people are able to feel that. And each of us in our own way, if we have integrity and seriousness and authenticity and a deep belief in Hashem and a Yerushalayim, not just a belief, but a Yerushalayim, we see Hashem before us all the time. That impacts the people not only around us, but and even people who are far away from us. 
Um, I've mentioned to you there was a study done at Harvard and the University of San Diego that our mood impacts people who are three times removed. So your mood can impact your friend's friend's friend, even though you've never seen him. And that's the same idea as Tafel Khamnat Lapiach. You can impact people you haven't even seen, you don't even know they exist. You can impact with an energy of Yerushalayim that you transmit into the world. <laughs>